Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Killer Collab Podcast. Once again, my name is Tone Deaf from Florida, Tony D. As well, I'm being joined with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. How you doing? Doing okay, doing okay. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good. Today we're going to do a little pullback, trying to understand, you know, both of us, what inspires us, what brings us to this industry, why, you know, why we do what we do every day, well, you know, what, what is our motivation in our daily, uh, uh, daily business workings, you know. You know, the stuff that makes us get out of bed. I don't know. How, what makes us earn that money? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, what motivates you? What motivates me? What motivates you? Um, I think, like, being creative gets me excited and moving and going. And, uh, you know, yeah. Well, it's definitely important to be creative in the, in the industry that we do. Like, just bring some, some fresh ideas or some old ideas and just twist them around and see where it, Like, it's, it's art. It's basically, it's our art. And it's you know what we can what we can do with it, what we can do, how to change it, how to just to try to bring something new to the to the industry. Really, it's, we, we love this industry. You know, what was the what was the, one of the first ones that brought you to this industry? Um, well, I was always like a movie freak, even when I was a little kid, um, and I would watch everything. Uh, and then I started like getting really interested in. Like when DVDs came out, um, watching all the behind the scenes stuff and the making of and yeah. all that all that kind of stuff. And uh, I wanted to make a movie. And I it started, I was working at Blockbuster Video and I was putting movies back on the shelf and I stopped and looked and I was like, man, it would be so cool if I had my name on one of these movies, you know? Yeah. And so after that, I set out to make something and I wrote a couple scripts and I um, I had written a script called um, Teenage Lobotomy and <laughs> okay. it was a it was a movie about a high school it took place in a high school and someone was taking kids like kidnapping them and giving them lobotomies and then, like, Interesting. bringing them back to the school and, like, dumping them out on the ground. And they were all, like, messed up, you know, after that. Was it, like, open school or was it abandoned school? Or no, it was, like, a high school. Yeah, oh, okay. like a functioning high school. And they were just walking around like zombies? Um, Like, the people, you know, he would kidnap somebody, give them a lobotomy, and just, like, dump them somewhere, like, in the school. And people would find them, and, you know, they're all screwed up from the lobotomy. And, um... <laughs> You know, and there was a reason for it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was going to make it and um, that was going to be my first movie and it was a feature and I talked to, actually my cousin said, hey, you know, I know somebody that makes movies. You should talk to him first before mm -hmm. you do anything. I said, oh, okay. So I called the guy. He was super helpful, real nice. And um, he told me, he said, look. Make a short first before you make a feature. He said, just yeah. so you can like get comfortable with everything, see how everything works, and the know, blah blah blah. So. Right? Because people think they can just make a movie. Like, oh yeah, like, like oh, I could do I that. Thought no, that. You, like, <laughs> I thought that. I, I talk to people all the time. Like, why is it why is it so difficult? Just shoot the scene in order. Just just do the right. No, it doesn't nah, work. It don't work like that. <laughs> so I I started reading books and stuff on how to make a movie, and I made a movie the way I thought a movie was made. And okay. um, my first short was called If I Can't Have You. And I 
casted it and everything. And I had a friend, or I had, um, that's where I met Sean Donahue. Um, he came out, he saw the casting on Craigslist yeah. for the casting call. And he said, hey, you know, I just finished film school. I was working at Bush Gardens at, you know, uh, okay. yeah. Halloween Horror Nights and, um, and not, is that Halloween Horror Nights, Bush Gardens? No, I think they do uh, Hollow Scream. Hollow Scream. He said, yeah, I just got laid off of Hollow Scream. I'm on unemployment, and I've always wanted to, like, do this, like, make a movie and do yeah. this. So, How long ago was that? Uh, this was 2010. Okay. So okay. he came out to the casting, and we talked and, like, really hit it off. Like, we had a lot of common, and um, I felt like he could help me in this venture. Yeah. So... I'm sure when I talked to the guy and he told me to make a short first, he was probably talking like a five, 10 minute movie. Well, my first movie was 40 minutes long. Okay. And that's short film area. Pretty long. I mean, for a first time movie, but uh, how expensive was it? Did did the cost go astronomical? Well, what happened, you know, I I had made a, I had a, um, a dinner. My parents cooked all the food and I rented out my clubhouse at my complex. And I had all these people come in, and it was like a fundraiser dinner. Yeah. Okay. So they would buy the plate, and then we had auctions for stuff and all kinds of stuff. I raised 900 bucks. So okay. that was that's my budget. Pretty, that's a pretty good budget for a first show. So that was my budget, $900. Um, so when we made the movie, Sean knew a guy from Hollow Scream that was doing all the special effects, and his name's James Vale. And this guy had worked on, like, Alien... Oh, wow. Not Alien. Um, Predator. He worked on one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, just all these big movies he had worked on as a special effects artist. So, Sean talked him into coming out for free. And the guy came, donated his time, did all our special effects. So, the movie's not that great. But we got some pretty cool special effects. So, that was <laughs> well, the that's something. saving yeah. grace. Was that, the that is definitely special something. Effects. Special effects. You know, that so, sometimes the special effects make the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, some people like... Like oh that was a terrible movie, but those special effects those those uh those kills were uh pretty intense <laughs> right so we uh we did the casting and my lead actress was in the lingerie football league okay at the time you know we had a team in Tampa um, called the Tampa Bay Breeze and she was on the team interesting so I was like all right so we got someone with a name which she didn't huh. but she's from something yeah, yeah she you was just in, want somebody she was from, from something. something exactly you always want to want have someone from something. So we made the movie, and again, it wasn't great. Um, well, but fun. that was my film school. Like we yeah. learned so much on that movie. Um, and what we did was, when we finished, I had a, a, I had this really big house in Land Lakes at the time, and I, my backyard was huge, and I had this big wall in the back of my house. So we did like a drive-in style. Uh, premiere for the movie oh, in my backyard. Cool. We had like hot dogs and pretzels and popcorn, all this stuff. And I charged 10 bucks for people to come in, bring your own chair, bring your own blanket, whatever. And I had my projector and sound system out there and we showed the movie on in my backyard huh. and ended up raising another $800. Oh, that wow. night. I mean, my whole backyard was full of people. Like, it was crazy. What was it driving or just sitting on blankets? Yeah, just sitting on blankets and chairs and stuff. Um, That's pretty cool. So then me and Sean were talking about, you know, what did we want to do next? And we were like, well, why don't we kind of left the movie open? So we were kind of like, why don't we shoot another 20 minutes and make it a feature? Yeah. So we're like, it's actually a pretty good idea. So we did it. It turned out to not be a great idea. (laughs) But uh, we did that. 
And um, that was our first movie was If I Can't Have You. And um, the other movie I wrote, Teenage Lobotomy, never even came to fruition ever. Like, it's still sitting there, uh, full script sitting there. Um, and it is a feature? Yeah. Have you feature. ever gone back to it? Like, just, No. I mean, I, I've... Like, looked at it, maybe read peruse it, stuff. it I, I don't edited it? I don't think it could be made now because it's so hard to get a school location. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it took place like in the high school and that was me not knowing anything yeah. when I wrote it. Yeah. Well, let, let, like I said before, location so, scouting is yeah. one of the most difficult things. Absolutely. That's why they have a dedicated person that just does location scouting, right, right. location manager. Like it's, it's a full, it's a, well, not a, well, it could be a full-time job right. in a, in a whole feature film. Like yeah. it's, you, you could be anywhere. Right. Right. And they have to, so I mean, you, you could probably rent, a private school for a few days, but I mean, I would probably need a ten well, twenty thousand dollar budget. And they would never it. sign off on anything that's that's like blasphemous or right. pretty yeah, much I mean, any it wasn't, horror. Like it wasn't really anything bad in it. I mean, it was just a typical yeah horror movie. I don't know. It wasn't like yeah well, blood and guts and stuff like that. It was guys giving lobotomies and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> It's still, Which is kind of lame. Well, I mean, it's it's got a starting point. It could be like uh, a doctor who went crazy or had too many, I don't know, pills or institutionalized right. and just. Well, wanted... the the whole thing was his daughter had got raped by the football team, and she something happened. She grew up and um was in high school, and you know the football players were kind of. I don't remember what she got raped in high school. That's what it was. And then the teacher was, it was his daughter and he was getting revenge on the students uh, by doing on that. the football team. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Oh. So it was kind of dumb. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, could be a good thing about it. <laughs> I mean, no, it, there's a lot of revenge plots out there. A lot of like, yeah. well, look at scream too. Like you killed my son, like, right. like the Billy Loomis effect. Mm hmm. So, I mean, it's there. It's there, you know. Yeah. But um, for me, like, I always grew up with the, the Halloweens. I, my fir Actually, my first horror movie that I ever saw was Body Parts. Oh, I remember Body Parts. Freaked cool me out. I, was, I think I was, like, 10 years old. With Jeff Fahey, right? I don't even remember. I think, I, I think that was the only time I ever watched it, and it just messed me up for a while. Yeah. It, then I started to get back into Then I started watching Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think the first Nightmare on Elm Street I watched was, like, some – I think it was three, which is my favorite one. Then I watched. Then I later on I watched the first one, mm -hmm. second one I hated. My brother loves second two. Was so bad. Sean likes two also. I don't like, get it. I the worst I movie ever. I don't ever. get it. It's like a whole. It's not even in the realm of right. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not even like it's it's that one off. It's, right. It's basically it's Jason like, goes to hell. Like it has no yeah. business being in the franchise. Like, I mean, it could have been the, from the TV show. Remember the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show that mm -hmm. they did? Yeah. I, it, I think it could have been an episode of that. Right. But as a standalone movie within the terrible the, the, the I remember because <laughs> you know I'm a I mean, lot older than you, and I saw Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater, and I loved the movie so much. Yes. And then when Part Two came out. Me and my buddies went to the theater and watched it again. I remember how disappointed I was. I was just like, what was that? Like, I didn't understand it. Like, yeah. it made no sense. And it was highly sexualized. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. so sexualized. Yeah. Like, wh why? Like, why did we have to do that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it might have been, like, because the, the original roots was he was supposed to be a pedophile. So I think that it was supposed right. to be highly sexualized 
in that sense from the but beginning. It was, but it was a lot the of first gay one. stuff. In That's it. what I mean. Like, though. like they, it was highly sexualized in in, in the in that. Um, and they they claim that they didn't know, but there's so much obvious uh, the undertones. <laughs> the undertones and just just the there's so much obvious. The stuff actor I, isn't he? Is he straight? Like the, the, the no, he is not straight. Well, that's okay. So he was actually supposed to be a Tampa Bay Screams. Yeah, I know, I saw that. But he lives in he lives in Mexico. Yeah, and he, he would have had to quarantine yeah. two times to come in and go back. So he was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to get a hotel for 28 days." <laughs> that's yeah. That's, so he ended up canceling. It would have been good to meet him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Mark, Mark Patton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark Patton. Um, but that was one of the like that that second one was just. Terrible. Yeah, I, I just couldn't. No good. I, I couldn't like like where did this come from? Where did, like why? Yeah. Like that's funny. The only ones I like of the whole franchise is one and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Like those are the only two that I like out of the whole franchise. Like like um. I, I don't like Funny Freddy. I like I Scary love, Freddy because I I love comedy. So, so yeah. it was a big inspiration for me in comedy. Like so. Like, and it's probably different for you because you started with three. Yes. And I started with one. So yeah. after I saw one, I loved it so much that I wanted more of that. Yes. And they were so, like, nah, we're not going to give you any more of that. We're giving you comedy time. Yeah. See, I grew up like like the, the comedies of the early 90s and late 80s and right. the teen movies. And that's where three came in. Like basically it was just like inserting Freddy into pop culture in the right. 80s. Right. Like um so welcome to prime time bitch right like that whole like it was so meta that i think it, it helped me in like ease me into like the horror genre and then i watched mm. one so dark oh yeah. but i loved it like i said I, so I, I love the robert england character i just like i just like what they did with but i like how it like transitioned like how they transitioned to terrible but three was i liked it because it it, it opened another realm to it. Right. It, it it made it like he wasn't the Almighty. I think it was like the whole fighting back thing, mm -hmm. but not ultimately overcoming. I, I like the, right. the 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 confrontation. I don't like okay, falls asleep, dead. Like it's just created like million creative ways just to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Like he comes up with that, but you can only go like I mean there's a thousand ways to die, but there's like I I, I just think the evolution of that mm -hmm. of the different kills. Was that? But then you get the four, and then five, and then six. Oh my god! And then you know the new nightmare. It was the, funny. A few months ago, I tried to start with one and watch them all, and barely got through three. Got to four halfway, and I was just like, "All right, I can't do this anymore." Yeah, like, uh, I just uh, don't like them. I don't know. I just don't like them. Uh, and I think Dream Child was. Probably my least favorite. Which one was that? Five. Five? I think it was five. Yes. Dream Child. What's funny? Did you see um, New Mutants? Yes. So that's basically Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Really? Oh, it's wait. It's the same damn movie. Uh... They basically took Freddy out of it, and it's basically the same thing, the Dream Warriors. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, now that you mentioned I can think of like a lot of uh, like synonyms or similarities. Yeah. I can actually think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But institution. Well, yeah. Them fighting back her dreams. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I never thought about it that way. Interesting. Same thing. But, um, but that's how I got into like, like I said, the horror movie scene, the Halloween's, I was actually my favorite. I think that 
I think only only movies that only series that I can actually watch straight through one, two, three, four, five is pretty much Friday, Friday 13. thirteenth. Right? I think that's the only one I could do that. Halloween, it just stops me at two. Two after that is done. Actually, three was a good movie, but it's like. But it should have been a Halloween. Michael Myers. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a Halloween. It should have been because that's what they when they you know when John Carpenter made that franchise he. It was supposed to be sequels that didn't have anything yeah. to do with each it's other. Yeah, supposed to be like like, like separate, standalone films. Yeah, like, like separate movies. Yeah, and um, so like a Nightmare on Elm Street series, like how they when they did the series, they just did a whole bunch of different stories right. within the series, and that's what his idea was. Yeah, and Halloween. what's funny is you know they made one and it was a big hit, and then they made a sequel, and then Carpenter went back to that formula of having a different movie and release Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. And I remember again. I went to the theater. And I'm like Michael Myers, and I'm like, "Where's Michael Myers?" <laughs> hey, he showed up though. He showed up in the uh, on the TV. They yeah, showed, yeah, they they showed, showed us a trailer for the first one. Right. <laughs> but I left the theater, and I'm just like, "What is happening? Like, I don't understand what's going on here." Yeah. Where is he? I think that was. A it was a good movie though. Like, it's a very underrated movie. Oh, it is. Like, but, if it was a standalone movie, it would have been great. Yeah, if they had called it something else. Just season of the witch. Yeah. Call it season yeah, of the witch. Season of the witch. There you go. That's it. If they had called it that and didn't call it Halloween, then it probably would have been a bigger. But hit. but right. Halloween three was a was a draw. Was it basically just to get the people in, in right. the doors, right. in they, the seats? They used the Halloween name monitor. to yep. uh, to put uh but, people could, in the seats. Yes, yes, yes. But it's a good movie. But other than that one, I mean. See, I liked when they brought the the daughter in. See, I didn't like that. See, I I liked. Oh, I didn't like, I didn't like the, the fifth supernatural one. stuff and all it just got dumb. Well, the supernatural didn't start till the fifth one, uh, where she had a like a psychic yeah, connection. Yeah, four was terrible. I liked four. Did you like four? I like. You know what? What I didn't like about four, his mask looks so oh, no. weird. Let's and... not even talk about the mask. The mask that they used two different masks. Right. Like I think in the, the movie okay, but the mask like completely takes me out of it. I'm watching. I'm looking at his mask. He looks like he's surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they used, like I said, they used multiple masks in the same in the same movie. It was right. ridiculous. Like one had really white hair, and then yeah, that was his, his face was like really white and no contours in it. Yes, and, it and then the other one had so over makeup, bad. had makeup on the mask. I'm like, what is going on here? But take the mask out of it. I think that it, yeah, it's not, actually not a bad movie. But the yeah, the mask completely takes me out of it. Yes. Yes, but then when you get to five and she's mute, yeah, the whole like, Danielle Harris stuff is like. Well, Danielle Harris was it for? Yeah. But um, once you get to five and she was mute, I just like wh- why? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I don't. We like touched the, on this a, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know they. We want to see Michael Myers walking around killing people. Yeah. Like, killing babysitters, like that's what we want to see, and they try to build this story around it. And I'm like, I don't care about the story. Yeah. I want to see Michael Myers sticking his knife in people's faces. And yes. that's what I want to see. Yeah. Same thing with Friday the 13th. And Friday the 13th, except for an episode here and there, pretty much Stuck stays true. Oh, I yeah. mean, Jason going around killing people with a machete. With no motive, which no is nothing. what just... people want to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but but like yeah, this, Halloween, this... Nightmare on Elm Street, they both just like completely went off base. And that's probably why I don't like them. Well, they were literally trying to invent the wheel because, yeah. like, they were the the originals in in that whole mainstream horror scene. So they were try- testing stuff out. Some things worked, some things didn't. Right. Like that, like like I said in the Halloween, the that rune like stars constellation stuff mm. and. 
the Curse of Michael Myers, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, I, I just they just went off their rocker. And then they made the uh, was it six with Buster Rhymes? Was that six or no, seven? that was Resurrection. That was eight. That, that, eight. that, was, that eight. was eight. That's right. Because you had um, the we had H two O. Right. When Jamie Lee Curtis came back, which it wasn't. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a bad movie, but it was a pretty good cast too. It was a really good cast, but it, it fit. It was like I think it was '98, and they brought in a '98, a 1998 cast with right. Vanessa Williams, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, like they literally, like a fanboy right. casted this movie, and I, I loved it because yep. because it actually fit into that whole because that's two years after that Scream came out, so they were building that teenage thing, right. and then I think it was perfectly cast for the time. I think it was the right movie for that time. And it was funny because they basically acted like all the sequels didn't happen. Yes, and it was twenty years later, and then. The new ones, they just did basically the same thing. Yeah, the, they, yeah, all those movies never happened. It, yeah, <laughs> and I and I prefer it that way. Yeah, I I, I prefer it that way because, like I said, I think that whole the the storylines. I mean, yeah, they got very weak and weird and uh, so many flaws. Yeah, so many flaws. flaws. Now he's just killing the kid. Right. But what I the new ones coming out, I think it's this October. Or this a, I, I hear, I'm hearing rumors about that movie that is supposed to be like crazy yeah. brutal and. And I can't wait. Yeah, actually, I like I like the the other one. Um, Halloween twenty yeah twenty yeah. was it Halloween twenty eighteen? When did it come out? Twenty eighteen. I yeah. think it was yeah twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. I think it was nice and brutal. I think the kills were great. Oh, that scene in the bathroom with oh, the yeah. teeth. I that was a pretty good scene. Oh yeah. And I like that one following scene where he basically just walked through the house, around the house, oh, yeah. next door. Like that and you one see it from shot outside the window. Yeah. It's oh, awesome. it's so good. Yeah. So good. I thought they did a good job. I mean, I think the the thing I didn't like about it was I didn't like Jamie Lee Curtis's character with the paranoia and all the traps in her house and all this weird stuff. I was kind of like, mm, kind of hokey. But I thought the rest of the movie was pretty cool. Um, I thought they did a good job with the kills and. Um, I thought he looked really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. So they, they, I'm looking they, forward to the next one. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait for it to come out. I think that she – I don't know. Like, okay, see, I have an opinion on that because when she gets all the, that paranoia thing, so like, mm. there, there's nothing that would be – what would build to that? Because there's nothing like – because he'd been locked up for, what, 20, 30 years? Like, right. yeah. Like, what would – like make her so because there's heart or murder victims or survivors from murder sprees right and they they, they suffer from ptsd but they don't go to that extent right like she had all these yeah weird traps like, in her I, house and stuff like like she and knew like, that he was getting out but how because all the other stories I know, for like 40 years the yeah i never heard from him, and then all of a sudden you have this house with all this weird stuff. In yes, it. Just it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Like the the par- that that whole level of paranoia, paranoia is just. I, I, I mean, I, I could see like locking yourself up in your house and having a lot of deadbolts or something. Yeah, and being a total shut-in. But to have like she had like an island in her kitchen that opens to, to a trap like, door into the basement. Weird and then, I mean, yeah, I I, I just don't so you see what would be ruin your whole life because. Exactly. Of one guy. <laughs> that happened when you were 17. That happened like 40 years ago. Like, it's just, like, you survived. Now make the best of your life because right. you, you could have been dead. Exactly. Like, I don't, I, 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 just, I just don't know the whole motivation behind that. Like, she knew that he was, 
evil because there was nothing really other than the Dr. Loomis tapes right. that she would have like researched and looked up and see how evil she was. But there was nothing that connected her to him other than that night. Right. Because the other people that died or the other people that he's been killing has no connection. Like there was no like right. it was all random. Like right. I don't see what would give her that level of paranoia to the point where he's gonna come after me and only me. Why me? Why me? Right. Like it just didn't No clue. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. That, that the, whole, but that's really the only part of that movie that I didn't really I love care that they for. brought her back. But I, I love her. But I think she should have been like an after. Like like she should have came in like not this motherfucker again. Right. Like like other than like she should have been that badass that came in later and then died then. Right. Like right. she should have like died. And then like this whole daughter and granddaughter thing, like mm. I don't like I, I, I kinda lost me on that whole storyline. But right. I love the movie regardless. Like yeah, it's a it was great good. movie, but I just think that, that, that it's just flawed in that way where mm. like why? Because he had no because we eliminated all the back storylines. Now why does she feel this way? Because all that didn't happen. Right. It was just him in jail sitting in a corner going like this. Rocking back <laughs> like like no thoughts, no nothing. Like he doesn't know anybody's name. Right. You know, other than where you live in, in Haddonfield, there's, there's no other connection. There's right. no, there's nothing. Like I don't. Mm. But I love the way they brought him back, all brutally killing everybody. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Like I like the whole the doctor and not the doctors, uh, the podcasters come in. They're like right. they see him in the background, like wailing on somebody, killing. I, I love that too. <laughs> I just think it was just just to have him thrown in the back. I just think it's a great detail, attention to detail on that. It just follows them into the bathroom. Sure. Um, so that was just anyway. So yeah, Halloween was one of my biggest motivations for getting into this industry as well. Um, but like I said, I'm a big comedy lover. So after Robert England and watching three and watching how the comedy of him doing different, then I started to fall in love with different actors like Jim Carrey. I grew up with and Robert Williams. I grew up with. Spoke about him a couple weeks ago. Um, I, they're just big inspirations to you know what I do in film or what I do in writing. I just think that they are you know pretty much the kings of our time. I know there was a lot of Com- comedy before them, right. but right now in my generation, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey were the ultimate highest of that level. Right. Yeah, my generation was like Eddie Murphy, George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, I love those too. Jim, um, uh, Eddie Pryor. Murphy. My first stand-up comedy I ever watched was Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh, I used I, to listen to Eddie Murphy Delirious and Eddie Murphy Raw like before I went to bed every night. And that came out in '85 or '84, right when I right when I was born. But I think I watched it the first time when I was like five, six, yeah. and, and I. I, I I mean, I used to say, be able to say Eddie Murphy Raw verbatim oh, the entire absolutely. show. I probably still can. <laughs> I know that. Oh, really? Yeah. I know Eddie Murphy Raw so was fun. on one of the streaming services for a while. I do definitely want to watch it. I got McDonald's. Right. I got McDonald's. <laughs> you ain't had no. I just, I, I just thought, I, th- I think he should come back and do a lot of that old stand-up. Yeah. yeah. I think he would get a big draw. Oh, my God. Insane absolutely. draw just from doing that stand-up or just versions of that stand-up or mature versions of right. not really i mean he was very very um explicit back then oh, too so yeah. I, I but i think he's very family not family friendly now yeah, but I think he's, he's more, more family friendly now like know, dr doolittle yeah yeah but i think he does right now i don't think he really has an identity anymore like other uh, than coming to america yeah the second one good. no i mean i don't i didn't like it but I didn't like it either. but it, it was good for 
I mean, they say it was good for culturally, like trying to get, you know, as many people in it and mm-hmm. just trying to, you know. Well, he said that they heritage. Made, he said the studio made them put white people in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, but I, th- I think they put just Anderson in there. But see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't, like, every movie nowadays is so is diverse, which obviously there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having a movie with all black people or all white people or all Asian people. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, well, you know, but nowadays it's like you got to have a white person, a black person, a gay person, um, you know, an Asian person. Like, they all have to be, like, Wrong Turn is a classic example of that, the new one. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a they have a white person, a black person, a gay couple. Um, they have a an Arab um, you know, it's just like, all right. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know how the, they, it just makes the, 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 the characters that they get written in very hollow. Right. And then it, it builds in a lot of stereotypes. And yeah. I think that like, oh, the gay people has to be very, you know, queer and very, right, right. like, it, it just brings in a lot Flamboyant. of stereotypes. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and, you know, when I think I it's ca- more negative than it it's is funny positive. when I cast a movie, I just like, Put out a casting call. I said, these are the characters. This is the age range. And whoever is best yeah, get the, gets the, the role. I don't yeah. care if they're all black or if they're all white or if they're, if they're blue. all whatever. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. No, I'm I just going to give it to the people that I feel is best for the role. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. When I write, I don't necessarily write for certain um, a certain race for a character. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. if a lot of people do write like that. Like, oh, this guy's black, this guy's white, this guy's gay, whatever. Um, actually, I don't, the, I don't. actually, the the movie I just wrote, uh, the cheerleader sleepover slaughter. There's a gay person, um, and that's probably the first time I ever wrote a character as being a race or a sexual orientation or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was like specific, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, see, I'm writing a TV show and actually my best friend growing up when I was in my twenties was African-American, was black. And then my other friend was a lesbian. Hmm. So it just happened that happened that way. Um, but now when I'm write, writing the show, it's about my life. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I'm gonna have to have right. representation of them. So when you write, do you write like specific in my show characters um no no i i, I don't oh, but like i said when it's with my life i try to put apples to apples like because right. right now i think i am casting my best friend in my mm-hmm. show that what is my best friend so he's he's actually going to come down from philadelphia and actually be in the show right so other than that i don't yeah. um and like i said i'm trying to... I, I think it's maybe because i don't have like if i was writing a big hollywood script and i could handpick my Cast, yeah, I would probably specifically write. All right, this role is for Jennifer Lawrence. This role is for Jamie Fox. Yeah, you, you know, could be very generous. Uh, now, you could be very specific because you know their tools. You know what right. they work with. You know what their capabilities are. You can right. write it specifically for their talents. Right, but yeah. we have no budgets, so it's like I can't say, "Oh yeah, this is for Jennifer um, Lawrence type." <laughs> this is for a half black, half Asian character because. Like, what yeah. if I don't find it? Yeah, you'll be putting what yourself in a box. What if I don't box. have a person? Yeah, I can't keep. I can't do that. No. So, 
um, you have to like write said, what those, was best for the role. Like write the story as it is, and then basically the person that fits that role, right? It works regardless of exactly. like I said, if they're black, white, woman, you can write. A, you can have a female in a male spot. You can, like it really doesn't. Yeah, matter. I mean, I think that's really the only it's interchangeable specific part that I do write is for male or female. Um, but everything else, I mean, I can't. You're like you said, put yourself in a box. You can't do that yeah. because you don't know what you're gonna get to audition. Yep. And uh, it just yeah, you can't put yourself in a box. You can't have them. I mean, just let them go there. See what they do with the role because a lot of people mm-hmm. put their own twist on the role and right. you know what they bring out of that character that you wrote. Like the 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 basically what you what they give to the role could be something. Oh, I never thought about that. It makes it sound good. It makes it good. It makes it better than what I thought it was going to be. You know, there you go. Right. Like, it could be twisted and molded. It's your story. Mm-hmm. Write the story. And it and it's collaborating with the actor that's doing it. So, I'll, I'll, you know, allow them some freedoms with that character. Unless that person is this, like, unless the person is, like, the killer or something like they have to be mm-hmm. this. They literally right. have to be this. They have to be a little brutal mm-hmm. here. And some, you know, they have to have the ability to do that. But other mm-hmm. than that, you know, some freedoms with certain roles and different in the cast. I think that's very key in making a successful film, like having the actor feel with the material. I think having them attached to the material like that and giving them a part of them, yeah. I think that's you know helps make the movie or show or whatever it is all, all that much more better. For sure. And it's I don't know. So I I don't write specifically for specific roles. Um, yeah, I think on our level, like that's. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. Yeah, it's There's counterintuitive. No way you could do, fill those kind of roles for very specific looks or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think you could do that. And like I said, yeah, absolutely. In our in our situation where we we don't have the Hollywood budgets, we don't have like the the cherry picking ability to let me grab this actor from this location right. and then let's do this. We we just don't have those freedoms. Yeah, I'm sure when. Quentin Tarantino writes a script. He's writing that script for certain people. He he could yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely. Um he like he has a person in mind when he's writing a character. Like I see this person playing this person right. or this or this actor, so I'm gonna write this person a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know I know that I know this person will or this actor would do this, so let me write. Let's include that into that character. Right. So I mean yes, but we just don't have those options at this level. Um, we fortunately we, we have the opportunities to discover new talent and right. give them more of a, a platform, platform to display their talent. Exactly. Sure. And I think that's, you know, I think we represent a big piece of the discovery process for mm-hmm. those big films or big, we just, we get them on film. We get them in the spotlight. We get them the opportunity we get the looks. We right. give them a, as a resume builder. Um, I mean, our movies might not be like Hollywood Oscar like movies but you know what it's something you know you know it's something that our our projects are very special to us that we build like our stories that we want to get told um sometimes we write movies just you know to fill in a hole for us like we just want to you know we have some ideas and we want to see them come to fruition right so i think i think we hold a very key role in the film process in the film industry where we can and we just we're very passionate about what we do right and we just want to find like-minded and individuals and it's almost like hollywood is is in a box where yeah. they're basically 
doing the same things over and over and over. And on our level, we have no like we have free reign to do whatever the hell we and want. We're very grassroots. Like Hollywood don't have that. They don't have that. I mean, they can if they wanted. To, like it's very formulaic. Um, yes. You know, Adam Sandler plus Drew Barrymore equals this much money, and yes. that's basically what Hollywood has come to. I mean, we get a gem here and there, but they've they've lost. You know, I remember back in the eighties, nineties. You could go see a movie and walk out of the theater and be satisfied. Like, oh, it was a pretty good movie, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, I don't feel like that. Like, I don't feel – like, I can't tell you how many times I go to a movie and I come out and I'm like, eh, yeah. nothing special. Well, it's the name that sells you. And right. that, that's what that's what these film industry – or these corporate form industry um, studios come out with. Right. They say this person is equated to this amount of money right. as this many like points. It's a, like it's a, a point a, system. Basically, if I if I cast Samuel L. Jackson in everything, that's an automatic twenty five points. Right. And it's <laughs> a and it's a it's a it's a business now. Like back then it used to be like passion. We make movies that we like to watch and yeah. you know, that are interesting and fun and different and now they it's took individual like, individualization out of right. The whole so now it's either formulaic or it's a reboot, a re, and 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 it's reboot season because they like rebooting or just using old ideas. And I don't, I don't mind reboots as long as they do it better. Stay (laughs) well. I don't think they're gonna do it better than the original. I mean, very few reboots are better than the original. True. I mean, they rebooted it for a reason um, because it's a great movie and And it's a money grab. Yeah, and they're taking the name and they're gonna try to. They usually, when they do a reboot, it's pretty similar to the same story, but they have a few differences. Yeah. Um, there's obviously some exceptions, like they're they're making reboots now that aren't even that don't have anything to do with the original. Yeah. Like the new Black Christmas had nothing to do with the original. Yeah. And I hated that movie so bad. The new one, I walked out of the theater like angry, <laughs> because that's like one of my favorite horror movies, the original Black Christmas. And they rebooted it, um, I think, in 2003 or something with uh, Lacey Chabert, Katie Cassidy, a few other people. Um, and it stayed true to the original. But like I said, it had a few little differences um, that I'm not going to say made it better or worse. Yeah. It's a matter of opinion. Um, but the new one that just came out not too long ago had nothing to do with it. And... I'm like, you're using that name to get people in the seats and then you're yep. making a whole different movie. Like, I don't want to see that. Name it something different. Yeah, well, you it's know? the same thing Same, the same thing we talked about Halloween 3. That's literally what they, they yeah. just took the name and just put it on there. Right. A lot of a lot of places, um, a lot of studios do reboots because they're, they're licensed for that specific movie is running right. out. Right. And they just want to do a, a quick again, I don't, I don't, I don't mind reboots. I, I watch them. Oh no, yeah. But they're as long as it stays true to the original, you know, as far as story goes, you can have different characters and if you want to make a twist, different twist or whatever, awesome, do yeah. it. You know, like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. Was still it was still Halloween. He just put a different spin on it. Like he like the character was the same, what happened yeah. to him was the same. 
we just got to see what happened to Michael Myers and all the years that he was in the psychiatric ward. Like that yeah. was really the only difference. Yeah. Um, we, it was more about Michael Myers family than it was about Michael going in as a kid and then years later coming out and killing all these girls. It was different. Um, he, he added the backstory to Michael Myers, which yeah. a lot of people are mad about because we are like, I like Michael Myers not knowing what he is and what he's about. Well, because a lot of people like the whole randomness of it. Right. And, and, I mean, his name is The Shape. Yeah. I mean, that's the what they yeah. call him. Yep. So, um, In the original script, it was just The right. Shape. So now, you know, Rob Zombie gave him an identity. And yeah. I didn't mind it. Um, I know a lot of purists hate it, but I don't mind it. I thought he did a good job with the movie. I just don't like the Rob Zombie-esque... No, Halloween 2. That's another uh, yeah, that's shit that, show. That whole white pony That I'm thing. not even going to talk about. Oh, it was so bad. So uh, It was another money grab. Yeah. <laughs> just, Horrible. I mean, he could have just made a separate movie altogether. Just, yeah. just make, just call the movie The Shape. Just, just go. Just, just take it somewhere else. Anyway, let's not waste any more time on that. Yeah, how, yeah. I just hate Rob Zombie. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. like any of his movies. I don't like his styling. I don't like his. Right. I don't know. It's like torture porn stuff. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't like that stuff. And another one, like the the new Wrong Turn. Yeah. Completely. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Like they. It's an, it's it a, wasn't true to the original. Like part of it, like the opening, maybe twenty minutes, was true to the original, and then it went somewhere completely field. different. Yeah, yeah. And you're just kind of like, all right, here we go. You well. Know, it was actually the original script for not the it was the original idea right from Wrong Turn right and it got in the studio shut it down and they mm-hmm. went and then they went the original Wrong Turn direction with the cannibals right. um it's the same writer same everything it was just he had he was just able to tell his story that he wanted to tell mm-hmm. now if we didn't have the other Wrong Turns I think six of them. I think there's six. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I, I don't even know. So I don't no, even think I've seen any of them except the first one. I saw one, two, I think three. I think I went up to. I think. And then. But yeah. I really liked the first one. Like. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. I think Eliza Dushku was in there. Yeah, one. Eliza Dushku, oh, Emmanuel so Creaky. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're. Emmanuel. Oh, I love her too. Yeah. Emmanuel She. Awesome. Anyway, oh, she's in uh, Superman and Lois. Another, oh, is she? She's in Super- yeah, yeah she's, like she's she's playing Lana Lang. She pops up here and there. She's in oh, yeah. Entourage for a little while. Yeah. I love her. I've loved her since 100 Girls, when she was in 100 yeah. Girls. Oh, I love her yeah, so she's much. Good. I built a crush on her. But anyway, we're talking about Wrong Turn. Um, Wrong Turn, the whole cults thing. But like I said, the original writer wrote that version originally. Mm-hmm. But imagine if the the original wrong turns didn't exist. This was the wrong turn that we were have. We were gonna get. Yes. And do we like it? I don't think so. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, because I think, like I said, as a standalone as a standalone movie, it could have been. I mean, I don't see too many. At the time it came out, I think there was nothing else like it right. coming out. And right. I, I think it would have got a lot of draw because, I mean, I don't. Like cults were they really big back in when did that come out? So. Like, I don't think so. Two thousand one. I don't remember. The Hills Have Eyes, the first one, or the uh, the remake. Um, no, not I'm the not... remake. Not the, the original Wrong Turn. When did that? I think. Well, that, the original Wrong the original... Turn was like in the seventies. Oh, I mean the one with the. You're talking Disco. about the one we're talking about. Yeah. Or no, wait. I'm thinking of Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Yeah, the original Wrong Turn. Um, it... Yeah, I mean it had to have been early. Because Elijah Disco was just coming out of Buffy, and then. That's when she was doing that whole other show with uh, 
shit, it had to be oh two. Yeah, it had, it's got to be early two thousands. <clears throat> yeah, it had to be that era. So imagine that cast in this current version of Wrong Turn. Yeah. Like it would have been the total. I think I think it would have got a pretty good following or a pretty good like. Um, but it would have been a standalone movie. It wouldn't there would be no sequels because I don't think that that would have become a good sequels. Right. Because when you have to do cult movies, it's just as soon as everyone's dead, it's over. <laughs> but let's see. Wrong turn. <clears throat> 2003. 2003. So, like I said, in 2003, there was really. When did um When the Hills Have Eyes come out? The, the original or the, the remake? remake? Uh, probably around that time. Yeah, I think there was like a little hillbilly the, thing going on. Yeah, and yeah. Hills Have Eyes was 2006. So it's three years later. So I yeah. guess I really wasn't around the same time. Maybe cannibals were a big thing back then? Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they wanted to try to start a new fad. Right. Maybe they wanted to be the first ones to bring I don't I don't know. But I think that was when also the remake with Ryan Reynolds of Amityville Horror came out. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were just doing a whole bunch of like remakes yeah. and new they ideas. They still are. Well, I mean, but I think this Which was... Which again, I don't mind them yeah. as long as they do them good. Like, what did you think of the Ryan Reynolds version of the Amityville Horror? It was all right. I liked it. See, I liked the original. Um, well, I liked it. You know, I grew too. up in the 70s and 80s, so I, I was, I saw all those movies when they first ran, and now seeing them again in the 90s and 2000s, and it's... It's pretty much like a, like It gets a me overlay. excited. It's like an overlay of, like, modern times. Yeah. Like, it, that's basically what, it's like... The They're story. modernizing the yeah. movie. Yeah. And... That's fine. That's cool. I got no problem with that. But I hate when they do it wrong. Right. Like, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Turn, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was so bad. So bad. But the Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth reboot it. was good. I Man, I just I watched it. it the other day. Yes. It was. It's a fun movie, and it, it and it combines like all the Friday the Thirteenths and pushes them all together into one movie. <clears throat> and I loved it. I I I think that was my favorite reboot of any movie at this moment. Yep, I can't think of can any other that. reboots that that I actually enjoyed watching. And we may never see another Friday the Thirteenth ever. It's why? they're in court. Oh yeah, yeah. Over yeah. rights. Well, because of, the, of the crap. I think the video game triggered that off, and I love the video game. That was that's probably, I played that video game like nonstop. Yeah. Once since it came out up until probably mid last year, nonstop online group of people just. I think that was one of my favorite games on it because I just yeah it looked fun. Oh, it's I, I have it in, in the other room. But um, I think that was one of my favorite video games. I think it brings the whole slasher into, like, good I, – I just think it's a great game. Right. I, I think it's a great game. I think it brings the whole franchise into into it correctly. Like, and no other movie game movie creates a game as true to the material as, as that movie, I think. Yeah. But with the Friday the 13th series – I think that when they rebooted it, I think it opened a lot of doors. And I think that if they win the suits, I think if they brought back mm-hmm. uh, Jason, I think they could do a lot of great things. Oh, with it. yeah. A lot of great things. Just have them going around killing yes. campers. Yes. <laughs> well, the way they Which ended is what it, we want. <laughs> the way they ended it, I think it pretty much just like the first one. It opened it up for. Ended what? The, the reboot. The reboot? Yeah. yeah. 
up with the water. Oh, mm-hmm. I think it just. I know. It's like, all right, so he's in this chain wrapped around his neck, stuck in this machine, right? Yeah. And I'm like, they took him out of that and put him on a dock <laughs> and been, rolled him into the water? I was like, I would have kept doing? loading him in. Loading you him in. obviously <laughs> don't know who Jason Voorhees is, well, if that's what you're doing. Well, they didn't have any. There was no. And that, it was funny because when you, when you see him, like, sinking to the bottom, like, you know what's going to happen. You know he's going to jump out of the water and grab you. And like, that's what makes it great, our right. expectations for it. Right. Like, and it was like the ending of the first two. You yes. know, where his comes out of the water and then the mom comes out of the water. Um, and that's a big reason why it's so great because it's very yeah. true to right, right. the the Yeah, they did the, a great the, job with it. The rhythm and the whole recipe for it. Right. And but, I think Sean S. Cunningham had a had something to do with Friday the 13th. I don't know if he was a producer or a I don't recall. creative something. I think he was part of it, which is oh, probably why... It still stayed true. I mean, his movies were the best now, ones. Now, what was your least favorite Friday the 13th? Oh, nine. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the worst movie. He's not even... in. It's not even Jason. As a like, mirror. He's in as a mirror yeah. in the beginning, and dumb, then the whole mirror. When they walk movie. by the mirror, you can see Jason. I, don't, I never got that. Yeah. Like, Dumbest movie. Why? It's just... I don't know. I hated that movie. My favorite is three. Um, yes, because got the mask. I saw it in 3D in the theater, yes, which was I, I have amazing. And then that's when he gets his mask. Yep. Um, had some cool kills in it. Yep. Like that was a really good movie. Um, I'd say three, then probably two, then one. Okay. And then the rest of them are kind of a muddled mess. Like it, they were kind of hit or miss. Yeah. After that, like four was good. Uh, five not so good. Six was good. Seven not so good. Then Manhattan. A lot of people have uh their opinions on Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, I kind of I have I didn't mind it. I thought it I have a lot lot of strong opinions yeah, about Manhattan. I kind of liked it. Nine terrible, and then Jason X. I just watched that yesterday. Yeah. Um, had its moments. Yeah. I don't know Jason's space. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I he holds a big piece to my heart in. Like just in general. Oh yeah. But Manhattan was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It was, horrible. it was just so bad. It, it was. They could have called it Jason on a boat. Yeah. Like it, if they had put, if they had taken that movie and put Jason like in Manhattan in the first like within the first ten minutes and kept him in Manhattan. Yeah. That would have been a badass movie. Because the whole the best part of that movie is when he's walking down the street. Times Square. And yeah. all the people are like looking at him. And he walks up to that those guys and they're playing like loud music and you know it's just that whole scene of him just walking through Manhattan was so awesome. And then the um, and then there's a, a part where he walks up and in the background there's a uh, an ad. Yep. For I think it's the New York Rangers and the it's got mask. the hockey guy on. Yep. It. And he looks at and he looks at him and he's kind of like cocks his head. <laughs> That me? Like, that's so great. Um, but, I mean, unfortunately, he was in Manhattan for literally, like, what, 10 minutes? Well, it wasn't and, in the budget. Yeah, they and didn't it, have the budget. And it, that's what I think is the hindering force right. in, a, in a lot of these movies. And like, now think about what they could do nowadays if they had a huge budget. They can do all kinds of stuff now yes. that they weren't able to do back in the night. But I think they should stick to his 80s. grassroots. I think I think they should stick to his grassroots and never leave. Never leave Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. But if you think about it, a lot of the movies didn't take place in Camp Crystal Lake. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you had the the one where they were all the kids were in the halfway house or whatever it was. The um, well, he wasn't in that movie. Five. Oh uh, yeah, he wasn't in that. That movie, was Roy. Right. That was Roy. That was Hillcrest. Um, that, or Hill. I don't know. I forgot what it was called. Hill Hillhurst, something like that. I don't know. But it was yeah. The halfway house was just Tommy and Roy. Right. <laughs> it was terrible. And then even three took place at those people's house. Um, no, three was on. Or not Lake. three, not three. Um, what's the one with Corey Feldman? That was that was the other was side of the lake. Four was, or five. That was that was supposed to be the, the other side of the lake. That was four. Right. I mean, it took place in, at Crystal Lake, but not Camp Crystal. Lake. No, it wasn't true. like at the campground. Yeah. So most of the movies didn't take place at the campgrounds. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, they took place at well, the lake. After but the killing places, Camp Crystal Lake kind of shut down. All right. <laughs> like there was, you could only go so many times back to a shutdown camp. Right. Campers or hikers mm. stumbling across the Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Don't go there. Are you going up there? No. <laughs> and then you had Freddy vs. Jason. I loved it. I, I liked I Freddy vs. Jason. Loved it was it. all right. I, it had some goofy stuff in it, but... Yeah, I liked, I liked the goofy Right, stuff. I can see you appeal, your appeal, because uh, all the comedy and stuff. I love, I love horror movies that can be funny. Because it was funny, funny Freddy. Yes, yes. Um, if, if a horror movie can scare you and make you laugh and go through a lot of different emotions... I think that makes a successful movie to right. me. I think that it it was a it, pretty much like a rocky road. Pretty much it, it, it up it had peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. The acting horrible, but at the same time it just was the like I said I laughed. I thought I got scared sometimes when mm-hmm. I first saw it, um, and I just and it was a lot of nostalgia too. And then it always right. and it always like that that boyish dream of. What if Jason versus Freddy? Right. Like it was, it was that whole <laughs> mental, like, it, like you think about this stuff all the time, like what, when you're when you're a kid or when you're, right. like, what if this person came out and fought this person? How do you combine these? You two? You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, um, God, I had to have been maybe 13, 14 years old. I used to make, I used to draw. I, I can't draw worth a shit, but I used to draw a comic strip of the the killers fighting each other. Awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. We had Jason versus Michael and there's a series Freddy on versus YouTube. Texas chainsaw and, um, you know, Reagan from exorcist versus Norman Bates. You oh, know? Yeah. And there was like in a wrestling ring, <laughs> and, but there was like a fight in a wrestling ring. It was funny. I had the announcers and it was really funny. But those potential ideas help us, you know, in that whole creative realm where like it, it keeps our wheels spinning. But like yeah. I said, we, we always dream about, what if this person fought this person in this scenario? And right. what, like, what would happen? And they put it on film. Something that we've wanted since forever mm-hmm. to do in any, like, imagine, I don't know, Michael Myers versus Jason. Or, my, right. like, just any any of those. Do it. I mean, yes. Sky's the limit. Exactly. And, and I think that that movie brought out that whole, like, we can do it. We sure. can do this. We can make this happen. And I think that helped a lot in the genre because right. I, I think it just opened up a lot of eyes and ideas mm-hmm. for the potential. And, and that's, I think, that cross-universe um, thing. Like, it, 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 was, it was an idea that I don't think anyone was doing at that time. No. Like, Has it, anybody ever done it or it, done it It was it before since? Marvel. It was before all this, like, were the, the, the whole universe. Crossover. Yeah. Like, it's – and I think it was just an, a great idea. Execution? I mean – that whole mental asylum it had some issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think overall it was entertaining. Yeah, like I just like the concept. I think, like I said, the, the comedy behind it, and I think the concept was what held strong with that mm-hmm. movie. I think 
that it, it, it filled that void that we've always wanted to see. Right. And I, I think that weighs a ton. Oh yeah. Uh, on just 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 in our wildest dreams. Right. That we've. Like, I want a sequel. I, Have I you ever about, watched um, Crystal Lake Memories, the documentary? No. Dude. No. If you're a Friday Thirteenth fan, you have to watch that. Like, okay. It is the greatest documentary. It's like six hours long. Okay. And they basically spend about forty-five minutes to an hour on each movie. Like, it's a documentary about each Friday the Thirteenth film, and it's so good, and it's so long. And I, I watched when I first watched it. I don't think I could watch it straight. I was through. like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it straight through. I'll watch it here and there, and I literally sat there and watched the whole thing in one time, and I was just like blown away. What, like it what, sucks you what in. What service is that on? Um, What's it called? Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake Memories. Memories. Crystal yeah, Lake Memories. I have the DVD. I'll have to look that up. I'll bring it to you if you if you can't find it. Let me know. I'll bring it. Okay. I'll bring the DVD. And watch I'll have it. to take a look on. Uh, but yeah, it's so good. It's so good. If you're a Friday the Thirteenth fan. And I and I love like, like behind the scenes stories. I like. That the whole like I, I'm always about inspiration and motivation. I, I want to know what makes right. people think of these things or why. One of, one of my favorite uh, things about the Friday movies is in part. Which part was it? Two maybe. I think it was part two. Is that the one where the people are on the bed and he stabs the spear through both of them? Two. I think that's in two. Uh, I have to think of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's two. I know it's on the second floor. No. I don't. Actually, maybe. I think it's two. Anyway. I don't remember. The, they, when they casted. All this, the kills are just blow, like going through my head right now. Because I know he does that a couple times. So they cast this girl and this guy. And they were like boyfriend and girlfriend. And, um, you know, she has like a couple nude scenes. And yeah. then that scene, they're in the bed having sex. And. Jason walks in and sticks a spear through both of them, and it goes like through the whole bed, like through their backs. And um, if it's a spear, I think it's four. So after that, they, um, you know, they released the movie, and well, they they're editing the movie. Yeah. And they found out the girl is like 15 years oh. old, <laughs> and she had like a fake. I don't even think they asked for her ID or anything. She was just like, yeah, I'm 18, whatever, and. So they ended up having to cut like all the nudity out of the movie, so they didn't get like child porn charges against them. That is so crazy, hilarious. But how many people used to lie about their age? About right. Doing I movies? mean, this was like the '70s, so yeah. it's like you know, or like late, early '80s is what it came out. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think that was at 1980. The first one came out. Yeah. So this had to have been like '80s. I'm pretty sure it's the second one. Um. But yeah, it's a really funny story, and it's just like stuff like that all throughout that documentary, and um, you know, it's it's really good. It's a great watch if you have the time to watch it. Yeah, if you're a Friday. I fan. would definitely have to watch in pieces or a day off. Like, yeah, yeah. I literally am only off today, and, that's I, the thing, and I'm I, working. That's the thing is, like, if you if you watch it, you're gonna end up watching the whole thing. Yeah, because it's that good. Just sit and watch. Yeah, yeah. it's that good. I mean, they divide it up in chapters or just straight through. Yeah, no, no. It's like it's a six hour. I think it's six hours, five hours, six hours. Like it's really long, and it's um. I mean, if I could watch the whole uh, new Justice League four hours straight, I think, right? You know, and, and I I sat and watched that whole thing, so I I think you know, especially a documentary about something that I like to watch, and like I said, I always love those behind the scenes stuff in, in anything. Right. So let's see. This thing is yeah, slow internet in here. 
or my phone's slow. I mean, you can connect to the internet. Yeah, I'll signal. Six hours and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, Six a, whole, that's a whole workshop. It's Crystal Lake Memories, <laughs> the complete history of Friday the 13th. And each episode has its own documentary. Like, it's like an hour. Yeah. It's like, an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour on each episode. You so they what? really go in depth. I think on each I've, episode. Now that's I think I've watched on YouTube pieces of it, but yeah. I don't think I've watched the whole. Like I, I think I watched it on like certain movies or w- w- one of them or yeah, something just like that. Sit and watch it. Yeah, like, it's so good. Because on YouTube, you can literally find anything on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So I, I think that um, I did see piece of that, but I definitely will have to look at that. Yeah, let me know if you can't find it, and then uh, like I said, I got the DVD at home. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you guys out there want to watch it as well, what's it called? Crystal Lake Memories. Crystal Lake Memories. The complete history of Friday the 13th. There you go. Six yeah. hours and 40 minutes. If you have nothing to do, you're at home. <laughs> that would have been good during uh, lockdown. Right? Yeah, yeah. And some states are actually still on lockdown. Yeah. Which, so uh, if you're still on lockdown, perfect. look up. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, but they are starting to loosen up things. Are, are, speaking of, are you getting vaccinated soon? Uh, my girlfriend's wanting to. Yeah. They're actually opening up on April 5th. Everyone can yeah. uh, everyone can get it. From yeah, they just opened up. my age up, so yeah. Uh, I, I'm on the I'm on the brink right there of that whole new section, right. like forty plus. I'm almost there, almost there. There you go. But um, yeah, I don't know which one to get yet. <laughs> I want to get the Johnson one, the one, one shot? shot thing. But, but that effectiveness, I think they're hard it, to find. It's like seventy six percent. Yeah, I think. It's and and here's the thing, like. So how are you going to know how, – how are we going to know if the vaccine's even working? Like is it going to take the survival rate from 98.6 to 98.7? Like how do you know? Well, <laughs> like see, see with me, I, I've had a lot of chronic health issues. So I have to take the most sure right. – like I have to take the one that's 98% effective. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be the Pfizer and the Moderna. But um, I think that – I mean – I mean, if you catch it or you get symptoms of it, I think I, – I don't know. I, 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 I know my body can't take the symptoms of it. I, right. I think that would be – but they also saying that the shot is actually taking – like taking, giving you a beating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're saying the second one is worse than the first one. Like oh. They said the second one like knocks you on your ass. Um, but but I need it's some different sleep. for everybody. Yeah, man. Like, sure. you know, everybody's different. Yeah. So. I don't know. That's a good uh, – everyone out there, make sure you get uh, – stay right. tested, stay healthy, stay happy. And uh, get vaccinated if you can. I support vaccinations. Please do it. It saves lives. Saves lives. Saves your mom's lives. Saves your dad's lives. Your grandparents. And your kids. So please get vaccinated. We want you out there healthy. Right? Sure. Anyway. Thank you again for joining us at the Killer Collab Podcast. I am joined by Chris Lato from Reaper Films and myself. Tone Deaf and Please check us out. Like, subscribe, hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we put out a new podcast. Also, check us out on anchor, anchor.fm slash killer collab podcast.